Welcome to Coach Starnes Raw, episode three. So, uh, you know, I left off uh, last week. You know, last week, kind of recapping last week, we, you know, we talked about us not uh, moving our game against First Baptist to October 8th. And then we talked about, you know, big games in college football, big games in the NFL. And we and kind of talked about, the, you know, the issue I kind of addressed on this podcast last week was the targeting rule. And so this week, I'm, I'm going to kind of take a different angle. And I kind of want to talk about more about the NFL this week. So, but first, starting off, you know, this past week, our middle school was off last week. And then yesterday evening, we played a, a tough game over against our rival, Gorman. And and we fell short 22-8. Uh, to eight, But uh, but I think these young men, when I when – in kind of recapping the game – these young men got a lot better. It's a, it was a solid Gorman uh, middle school team, and, and our and our kids went over there and we played real hard. We played hard from opening to closing, and and we got a lot better this week. And that's what we've been preaching: is hey, this is about this is a process, and they're early on in the process being middle school football players, and a lot of them haven't played organized football before. Some have, and and it's about just getting better every week. And, and we're real proud of them because we feel like we are on course, and and these guys are going to be a real good football team it's about when they get into high school and they're playing together and we feel that we keep this group together they're going to be a special group of young men when they get into high school um varsity wise you know, varsity wise we opened up district last friday night against a good solid dallas covenant team that has built a good a good program and and we felt we had a rough night friday night uh and are looking to bounce back this week against Grace Prep, who is, I believe, they're the top three in the state. It depends on what rankings you look at. Sometimes some have them as the top team in the state in Division Three taps football, and, and and there's a good reason why they're they're good at every position, and and so we're looking forward to that. But you kind of recapping what we did last week. You know, we talked about keys to victory last week, and we did some of them on defense. We did some really good things on defense Friday night. Uh, we and we took away what we wanted to take away. We wanted to take away sprint out and we wanted to take away their RPO game, which is what we did. And that's what coming into that game, that's kind of what they hung their hat on. But I'll tell you what, kudos to Coach Zinn and his staff. We were giving them inside run because they haven't shown a lot of inside run before that. And they took what we were giving them and they did a good job of it. And so going into a week. Uh, in our defensive scheme, we're not going to be able to take away everything that the opponent's going to do. We're going to try to dictate what they do. And, and Dallas Covenant was not stubborn, and they did a good job of, of taking what we were giving them. Um, on the offensive side of the ball, we struggled. We talked about having to neutralize their movements up front and neutralize their edge pressure, and we just didn't do it. And and so, again, we struggled early offensively, and then we started moving the ball in the second half. Real proud of the young men. You know, we, we had a tough start Friday night, but we played hard, again, till the, till the closing whistle and, and moved the ball well in the second half and, and did some really good things in the second half. And so, real excited about our second half performance and, and kind of and, – and, and, you know, you always talk about in this business, I, and, and if you've been in it as long as I have for, goodness, 20 years – and been around it in my entire life. You you do you know that old adage? You learn more from your losses, and absolutely, we learned a lot from our game Friday night against Dallas Covenant. 
we are we're still learning with with a lot of new components in our on our team this year we're just trying to figure out hey what are we good at and and we're starting to really iron out those details and 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 put these young men in places where we can be successful and so we're going to do things a little different on offense this week uh the things that we that we think that we we can be successful at we're going to really narrow down what we do uh which is very important against a against a very good football team you don't want to try to do too much against a, a team that that might be a more talented than you are you want to admit you want to limit what you do and just do it real well and so that's what we're going to look to do this week our keys to victory this week against a very good grace prep team that is has very good size very good speeds and again they're just very good at every position they're very well coached football team so what we're going to do is we're going to we're going to look to spread them out and we're going to look to attack the perimeter and and hopefully that'll open up our run game later but but we're going to do we're going to get matchups where we can be favorable in those matchups and and so that's what we're going to try to do offensively defensively our defense is based on speed and speed up front speed in the box and so we're going to use that to our advantage this week they are very consistent in what they do on offense they're probably even balanced they're a balanced offense run and pass and so we're going to be balanced on defense and and we're going to try to take away what they want to do and and hopefully we're able to do that with our with our speed and our aggression our aggressiveness up front on the defensive side of the ball uh, on special teams, we typically play very well on special teams, and we did so last week. We blocked another kick. We had a 50-yard kickoff return by Caden Mitchum. We we had a, a, an outstanding performance. Unfortunately, we did it too much for last Friday night, but our punter, Ethan Fanoose, is probably averaging over 40 yards a punt right now and just our punt team has been very good and so that's one thing we're really we're really good at we usually do a great job on special teams each week and we're looking to do so this week against grace prep so i hope to come back with a favorable up favorable update next week on our matchup on saturday we play right now we are slated to play saturday at 1 30 at grace prep so again, looking forward to that contest. Looking forward to playing the number one, two, third, three team, depending on what rankings you look at. Number uh, one of the top-rated teams in the state. See where we match. See where we how we <clears throat> how we fare against a team of their caliber. Moving forward to college football, man, it was a it was an exciting week in college football. You know, now that we're four four and a half, as you would say, if you count that first week, four four and a half weeks in, things are starting to really kind of kind of migrate you're, you're seeing the upper echelon teams emerge or the teams this season that that are going to be considered the teams to beat you're seeing them kind of separate themselves from the pack and this week was a big week with some big matchups you know the i know we talked about last week you know the local game the the smu tcu game that was a that was a good football game and both teams are good football teams but smu SMU is emerging as a team to beat. I know that we don't call them mid-majors in football, but we call them what the the <clears throat> the group of five. You know, you have the Power Five conferences, and, and they're they're one of those good teams in the group of five, just like a Cincinnati team, and and in the past the UCFs, the BYUs. But SMU is emerging as a as a as a team to, that's that's going to have to be dealt with. So is UTSA. UTSA has burst onto the scenes. You know, they had a big week. A big win, sorry, uh, a few weeks ago. It's against a, a Big Ten team in Illinois, and they're four. They're sitting four and zero this week with a very good favorable matchup this week against UNLV, and and I think they're doing an outstanding job. 
And so, I mean, good two two Texas teams that are in the in the group of five teams that are that are really kind of making a name for themselves this season. That we're real. I'm really excited to get to watch them. Uh, you know, the game, of course, in my household was watching on Saturday the A and M game. Very, it's a very disappointing game. You know, losing to Arkansas, but a very good Arkansas team. And kind of my takeaway from the from that game, you know, the off the A and M defense is is outstanding and and well deserved of their position, their ranking. Their defense keeps them in games right now. Uh, offense is obviously struggling. Uh, you know, with losing Hane King, Haynes King two weeks ago, that was a big blow for the offense. But uh, but they're just they're struggling right now. But the, the, uh, fortunately, the defense is good enough to keep them in games. But what I want to talk about is the Arkansas offense, and you know they lost their their starting quarterback. Oh, God, it was midway right in the second half, and they brought in their backup quarterback, who is an extremely talented young man. Not necessarily a great thrower, but very fast, a sprinter fast. And when you look fast against a defense like A and M, you're very fast. And so that was that was the takeaway. They adapted really well. Their offense could have folded, and A and M could have taken over the game right there in the second half when their starter goes out. But they didn't. They held strong. They put the backup in, and they were able to move the ball well enough. And their defense played good enough against the A&M offense to keep them in the game until their starter was able to come back in the very end of the game and seal that game. That's a big win for a very good, very well-coached SEC Arkansas team. And when I say that is because there have been years where Arkansas didn't look. They looked more like a Vanderbilt but this year they look like a true SEC team and are very well deserved of their number eight ranking right now and so really looking forward to their matchup against Georgia this week and that's going to tell us a lot about both those programs another big game here in Texas the Baylor game man coach Aranda and his staff I know it was questionable last year. You know, that, that had to be hard last year for a lot of new coaches to come in to new programs and take over football programs that have been established. But a new staff coming into a new program during a COVID year, you know, when everybody was dealing with the the regulations and the shortened schedules and, and having to deal with all those restrictions, that had to be extremely difficult in what is already a very difficult situation with a new staff coming in. But now we see, you know, these coaches that are in their second year at programs kind of emerging right now. I mean, Coach Rand and his staff are doing an outstanding job at Baylor. They beat a very well-coached, very good Iowa State team at home on Saturday. And that kind of shows us where Baylor's at. Baylor is a force to be reckoned with in the Big 12. And so that's kind of my takeaway from college football this week. The Big 12, two, I think two teams emerged as two forces to be reckoned with in the Big 12. And that's Oklahoma State and Baylor, which takes me to my next game. Oklahoma State's win over a, again, very good Kansas State team that hammered Stanford early in the year and is extremely well coached. I think it's going to give Oklahoma a run for their money this week. Oklahoma State dominated that game from opening to closing and held off a good Kansas State football team. Oklahoma State has always been known for putting points on the board, on the board but Oklahoma State is playing great defense, and that's a sign of, gr- of great football teams. Great football teams, consistent football teams play good defense, and that's what Oklahoma State's doing this year. They're playing good defense. Even in the Big 12, which has been knocked in the past for its lack of defensive football, 
Oklahoma State's playing very good defense, and that's what's separating them from the rest of the Big 12. Same thing with Oklahoma. The Oklahoma-West Virginia game was a great football game, a very well-played football game. West Virginia made some key mistakes or else they win that football game. I thought West Virginia was the better team on Saturday, but they made a few key mistakes in Oklahoma because of, again, another really well-coached coach, Lincoln Riley does an outstanding job coaching Oklahoma, and they didn't make the mistakes. West Virginia made the mistakes. I don't think they were the better team Saturday, but they were the more solid team Saturday, and it showed in the end. And they were able to put together a big fourth-quarter drive to go down and win the football game and hold off West Virginia. West Virginia was going down to win that football game, and that missed snap cost him the game. And so, you know, looking forward, Oklahoma's another team. What's the difference about Oklahoma this year? Oklahoma plays really good defense. Oklahoma's defense keeps them in games when their offense might not be clicking on all cylinders. And right now, I don't think we've seen the Oklahoma offense click on all cylinders. Now, Coach Riley and his staff will eventually get them there, absolutely. But right now, their defense is keeping them in football games. And that's why they're undefeated. But they're going to have a tough test this week against a Kansas State team and program that seems to have their number recently. And so, hey, that's my game to watch. That's my upset to watch this week. Kansas State over Oklahoma. Kansas State, great coaching staffs know how to get their teams up after a big loss. And that was a big loss at Oklahoma State this week for Kansas State. And that's a, you know, that's a coach who built a championship, not just a championship, one of the best FCS programs we've ever seen, just like Coach Saban's done at Alabama for the FBS. I mean, he built a championship program at North Dakota State for a reason. And I think he's going to have his team up to play Oklahoma. Oklahoma better bring their A game on both sides of the ball this week or they're going to fall to Kansas State this week. Now, one of the big upsets of the week, which I don't think it's a, as big of an upset after we've seen their performances this week, but NC State over Clemson in two overtimes. Yes, that's a huge upset seeing where Clemson's coming from. But it, if you've watched Clemson this year, I don't think it's as big of an upset at all. Clemson has struggled to put points on the board this year. And that's not, I mean, they, they're obviously a great coaching staff, done a great job. It's just there's going to be, when there's turnover in your key positions, mainly right now at quarterback, running back, Things are going to change. Things aren't going to be as easy. When you lose a Trevor Lawrence and a Travis Etienne, those kids, those young men are hard to replace. Those athletes are hard to replace. And so you're seeing that right now. Clemson has not been as dominant this year. So losing to a very good NC State team in double overtime is not a shocker to me. Um, but but that's a big win. That's a big win for an NC State school. Who's going to win the ACC? That's, that's up in the air right now. That's a big question right now. In the past, it hasn't been a question. Who's been who is going to play Clemson in the ACC championship? Now it's who's going to win the ACC, and so it's going to be an exciting, an exciting battle in that conference. Back to the Big Twelve, Texas game, big close to home, Texas, Texas Tech. What I saw in that game, and I know I talked about this after Texas' game with Arkansas, Texas is is not there yet, I don't think, but they're going to be there. I mean, I think they're very well coached, and it's a it's a new staff. New year, new quarterback. I mean, what I thought is that Texas offense looked, um, you know, virtually unstoppable against Tech. I don't think Texas. I don't think Texas Tech is very good. I think it's one of the lower. I think it's one of the. I think it will eventually be one of this year, this season. I think Tech will find themselves to the middle or bottom of the Big Twelve. But I think it shows Texas. Texas is going to be a force to be reckoned with. Texas is going to get better and better every week. So. 
So actually, that's you know that's my take on that. I said that you know after they lost Oklahoma, that was a t- I mean not Oklahoma, pardon me, Arkansas. I know that was a tough loss for them, but I, I think it showed what they needed to fix. And just like I talked about us earlier, you learn out of your losses, and and they've made adjustments since they lost to, to Arkansas, and that's what good coaching staffs do, and I, and that's what they've done. And I think we're going to see them. Get, they have a lot of holes right now, but I think they're going to fix those holes, and I think they're going to get better and better every week. And then the last game I want to talk about from this past week was the Notre Dame-Wisconsin game. That showed a lot. You know, a lot of people had, ooh, this is going to be a tough test for Notre Dame. You know, playing a good Wisconsin team, a a tough Wisconsin team. And Notre Dame showed that, once again, they are well-coached at every position. They are one of the most solid teams in college football. That's why they're there season in and season out. And, yes, I know they've had a tough time when they get to the playoff and probably will continue to do so. But Coach Kelly has done an exceptional job making them one of the most if one of the most consistent football programs in the nation again. Notre Dame is back. Maybe they don't have the most talented team in the nation, and, and they don't, but they're one of the most solid programs in the nation. One of the top two or three, I think, most solid programs in the nation year in and year out because of the job they do on every aspect of the game. They are very hard to beat. And they're, one, of course, one of my games to watch this week. They have a huge game at home against Cincinnati. Probably, you know, obviously the best the best of the group of five, you know, which will be eventually, they'll be in the power of five and move into the Big 12, which I think is a great move for that program. But this will be an interesting game this week. What I believe it's seven versus eight or seven versus nine this week, depending on what rankings you're looking at. This will tell us a lot about both programs. And one of these two programs has a good chance to slip into the top four after this week, and depending on you know how that game turns out. Arkansas-Georgia this week. Going to show us Georgia looks right now to be maybe the best team in the SEC. Yes, I said that. Maybe the best team in the SEC. Alabama has, had, has seen some – we've seen some chinks in the armor – and but right now Georgia's rolling, and we're gonna find we're gonna see if Georgia has any this week. And so this is gonna be a big test this week. I mean, Coach Smart obviously does a great job there, and he, he and his staff. I mean, Georgia's relevant every year, um, and probably is the second best team in the SEC most you know consistently year out. Maybe this year they're the best. We're gonna find out. And so I'm really looking forward to watching that. I don't think they've been tested. You know, I know they had that tough game with Clemson earlier, but right now what we're seeing is Clemson has struggled on offense. But Georgia did what you do against a struggling offense. You hold them to, to zero touchdowns, and they did that against Clemson. So I think Georgia's defense is going to come to play against Arkansas. I think we're going to see a low-scoring game. My, the tell on this game for me is going to be can Georgia's offense put up points if Georgia's offense can put up points against Arkansas and I'm ta- I'm looking at I'm, I'm I'm talking 21 28 points I think if they can put 21 28 points they walk they walk out of that game with a with a with a solid victory and so that's going to be the tell for me in that contest this week in the big 12 I think it's Oklahoma State Baylor of these two that are emerging as two of the top teams to challenge Oklahoma which one is going to emerge from this game this is a big one I think it's going to be a great game to watch. Two, two teams that are emerging as teams to be reckoned with in the Big 12. Who's going to emerge from this game as the biggest challenger for Oklahoma? And then at last in the SEC, Ole Miss and Bama. Now, who doesn't love this, right? 
Ole Miss gave them a run for their money last year. Ole Miss is better on defense this year. Ole Miss, I think, is is poised to upset Bama. Now, can they do it? I think if Ole Miss comes out and jumps out early, I think they'll. I think they. I think they'll be. I think they can beat Alabama this week if they come out. But they have to get the key to beating Alabama is to jump out and get even or get ahead early, because I think you can beat them late, just like, <clears throat> just like Florida did, but Florida just spotted them. 21 to 6. And so I think if Ole Miss jumps out early like they did last year, I think they can hold off Bama this year. I think they're good enough. They're a better overall football team than they were last year. And I think if Ole Miss <laughs> jumps out early, I think they hold them off this week and upset Bama. And then Mississippi State AM, I have to talk about it because again, it's the one, you know, that that's most important in, in my house. I think this is a good a good matchup for AM this week and both of them are great coach i love mike leach and what he does um he's awesome i love jimbo i and i think jimbo is one of the elite coaches in the nation and what i just mentioned earlier is elite coaches have their teams rebound after a loss and i think this is a good matchup i think it sets up well for a&m where is a&m good a&m is great against the pass and Mississippi State does not run the football well. That sets up perfectly for A&M. And I think A&M is good enough offensively to where they're going to put up enough points. I think Mississippi State's going to have a tough time keeping up. I think Miss, I think A&M beats them by I think A&M beats them by double digits. Because I think it's just a good matchup for A&M right now. And so and and again, great coaches have their teams rebound after losses. And I think they'll learn from their mistakes against Arkansas. So that's my take on college football. A lot of great games this week to watch. The top 10 is really going to start shaping out after this weekend. Now to the NFL. Now NFL, three weeks in, you're starting to see separation. I told you, I remember after our week one conversation, everything starts to even out in the NFL. Well, it's starting to eat. Everything has evened out for those, those middle-of-the-road teams. But you're also seeing teams emerge. Teams that are starting to separate themselves, but again, everything always everything evens out in the NFL. It's going to be the team that's the healthiest and the hottest when it comes playoff time. That's going to win the Super Bowl, and that's what matters. It's a whole different ball game in the NFL. So my takeaway from the NFL last week, and our and I heard I heard you know Colin Cowherd talk about it the other day, and and I've already mentioned it. I know I think in my first two podcasts, rookie quarterbacks right now are 0-13 against veterans. Even though we saw a tight performance last night with Joe Burrows defeating Trevor Lawrence and the Jaguars with a last-second field goal in the fourth, that experience is what wins football games. Experience at the quarterback position wins football games. And these teams are starting to realize that. Everyone gets so excited, and it's great. I love it, too, when you know the draft comes around. Oh, who's going to get the next upcoming quarterback? The next greatest quarterback, who's going to get him? Those aren't the teams that are going to win the next year. It's the teams that go out like Denver and get a Teddy Bridgewater. It's the teams like the Panthers that go out and get a, a Sam Darnold. Those are the teams that look the best right now. Because now... They have the pieces everywhere else, but they go out and get an experienced quarterback. It's the Saints who go out and get Jameis Winston. Yeah, Jameis, I mean, he might not be the greatest quarterback, but he has experience. 
And that's why they're 2-1. and one. They're running the football right now, but they have a quarterback that is capable of winning games in the NFL. He has the experience to do so. And so that's what you saw last night. Joe Burrows has played in the NFL. It's a whole different ballgame. And coming down the stretch, he has the experience to win the football game in the fourth quarter. I think Trevor Lawrence will be great. I think those a lot of the other rookie quarterbacks will be, but not all of them. I remember, you know, in my heyday back in, I say heyday, it was my, you know, when I was really paying attention to it and I was, you know, I was young, following the, the I guess, so I think it was the draft class in 98, Tim Couch, Keeley Smith, you know, I was a huge Donovan McNabb fan, loved, the, loved Peyton Manning, that quarterback draft class, what, half of them became what we call average to good quarterbacks, only half, that was it. Tim Couch didn't make it. Akili Smith didn't make it. And that was one of the most highly touted draft classes for quarterbacks, you know, since I've been paying attention to it. And so what, I, what I'm getting at is the experienced quarterback is going to win. Right now they're they're 13-0 and against rookie quarterbacks. And, and, and that's what we're seeing in the NFL. Those teams that go out and get experienced quarterbacks are more successful. And so on that note, you know, being a Houston Texans fan – Who's going to get Deshaun Watson? Now I hear that the Texans have lessened their requirements for getting Deshaun Watson right now. And so now, with Tua out, or Tua injured, and with the Eagles in their situation, now I hear the Eagles are involved and want to trade for Deshaun Watson. So that's going to be very interesting. I believe he has to be traded before, I think it's November 4th. And so that's going to be a very interesting month. For the for, you know being a Texans fan, what are we going to get for Deshaun Watson if he if he's traded at all? What's going to be that situation? Who's going to get him? But getting that experienced quarterback that has played on Sundays is huge. Again, I think two of the best teams in the NFL are Carolina and and Denver because of that. They didn't get the best quarterbacks in the in the NFL. They got solid quarterbacks that can win football games and they have good pieces around them. And good coaching. That's why. That's what it takes. And just like in other draft classes, this good rookie class of quarterbacks, some will work out, some will not. That's just the nature of the NFL. And a lot of it has to do with the situation you're thrust into. You know, being a Texans fan, I remember uh, David Carr. David Carr was a good quarterback. His first game, he beat the Cowboys. One of the best games as, as a Texans fan ever. First inaugural game beating the Cowboys. That was awesome. But then after that, he he couldn't... He probably had PTSD from getting beat on. He took more sacks than anybody by far in the NFL and, and didn't make it. He was a great quarterback, but didn't stand a chance because of the situation he was thrust into. But everybody was excited after that 1-0 and start. <laughs> and like I said, it's just... It means a lot to be in the correct situations in the NFL. All right. This week, big games in the NFL. Cardinals-Rams. Rams right now might be the best team in the NFL. They looked almost unstoppable offensively last week against a good Buccaneers team. A Buccaneers team that shut down the Chiefs in the Super Bowl. And so Matt Stafford has, has obviously uh, gelled very well in LA and and they look right now like the team to beat they look like the best team in the NFL that doesn't mean they'll be the best team in the NFL in 10 weeks right now they look like the best team in the NFL and they're going up against a good Cardinals team 
So I'm very anxious to see that matchup on Sun on uh, <clears throat> this weekend. Ravens Broncos. Broncos look like maybe the best team in the, in the AFC. I know some will argue that the Bills are, or the Ravens are, but they look really good right now. And so I'm look, I, I'm very anxious to see how they play against the Ravens. Raiders Chargers, two very good teams. So right now, who would have thought in the AFC West that the Chiefs would be in last place? Last place. We talked last week about they have a lot of holes. They do. They have a lot of holes right now. Running game and on defense. Mahomes is outstanding, but they but but one guy can't carry a team in the NFL. And I'm not I know they have more than one guy. What I'm saying is one aspect of the game, being good at one aspect, can't carry a team in the NFL. And I'm not saying they're bad at the other ones. There's just holes. And I think they'll get those holes worked out. I mean, they're a championship team. So Raiders Chargers will be big this week. That AFC West is looking like a great conference. Um, and then, of course, the game everybody wants to watch, me included, just for the, not necessarily for the X's and O's of the game, but just for the nostalgia of the game. Tom Brady going back to Gillette Stadium against Bill Belichick. Now, come on. This is must-see TV for anybody. Not football fans, just everybody. This is like, it's like watching a drama. It's like watching your stories. This is This is outstanding. Tom Brady going back against the mastermind Bill, Jell- Bill Belichick and his heir apparent Mac Jones. What there? I mean, there's there's numerous storylines here. What's it going to be? Is, is Tom Brady going to put on a show? Is Mac Jones going to put on a show? What, how much pressure is on Mac Jones now? How much pressure is on Bill Belichick? This is this is going to be interesting. I know where I will be Sunday night, and we will be watching it as a as a family. I mean, this is this is this is just something you watch. There's games every year that you have to see, again, not because of the outcome of them, not because of their bearing on the playoffs or the or the Super Bowl, but this is just this is more of a drama show. And so really looking forward to that. That that's that's the, of course the game of the week. Not the not again, I don't think it I don't think it's gonna determine. I think the Bucks are a lot better than the than the Patriots. I, I don't think there's any doubt. But it's that's not what it's about. It's about Tom Brady, the GOAT, because I believe he is the GOAT, returning to Gillette Stadium where he was made the GOAT by one of the greatest coaches, if not the greatest coach in the NFL of all time. So that's what I'm going to leave it with. And we will definitely discuss that next week. Thank you for listening to Coach Starnes Raw.